I have never started a service before, at least before the speaking part, that I didn't invite the Holy Spirit in. And I mean, I just can't do it right without Him. We need to hear from Him. We don't need to hear from me. And so I've asked my friend Dusty to uh, pray the Holy Spirit in this place and and uh, whatever else is on your heart. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for gathering us all here today to, today to hear your word. Pray that you would use John as a vessel, that you would speak through him and just bring something to touch everyone in this place today, that you would just just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear your word from you and remove John from it and let it all be through you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You know, as though, uh, I was kind of overwhelmed there for a second as he was, as he was praying and how I can count on his, 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 his faith and, and the way that he is. He's my friend, and he's always been my friend. But now that he's my friend and his faith is strong, I can count on him in every single way. And he's been my brother since, since 1990. We've been family, really. And along in there about 95 or sometime, um, I was really leaning on him to... Uh, start seeking the Lord, and he'd get mad at me, and he'd say, I ain't as far away as you think I am, and I'd get mad right back, and I'd say, well, you ain't as close as you think you are, <laughs> and, but, but God did a mighty work in his life, and I'm going to tell you, you know, last week we did, we baptized 13 people, we had the privilege of being part of 13 people being brave enough to make a confession of faith publicly in that way, and there's a guy sitting right there, his life was transformed in the most amazing way. When he, was, when he went in the water, he was one way. And when he come out, there was nothing in his life resembled what it did the day before. From that day forward till today. And, uh, so that, I just love that stuff and get to be part of it. The, my verse for the little guys today is 1 Thessalonians let me see where, what it is exactly. I've forgotten already. 1 Thessalonians. Well, who knew? 1 Thessalonians, I think it's 5.18. I got it saved on my other place so I don't lose my spot in my Bible. And uh, it's... Uh, not acting like it's supposed to here on my phone. Yeah, First Thessalonians 5.18. Yep. Right here it says, I want you guys to listen now. It says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Now, that says really easy to be thankful in all things. Has any of you guys ever been mad? No. Lanny <laughs> said, nope, never. <laughs> or upset or things hadn't went your way it happens all the time and yet our god says be thankful in all circumstances and we can say it but the truth is it's absolutely impossible for us to do and what's even more amazing is why would god why would it matter to him if we were thankful or not He's God, and he can create anything he wants to, including us. And he did. And yet his desire is that we would be thankful in all things, whether they're going good or bad. And so the only thing that comes to me, the reason that that would be, 
is the only way we can do that. The only way that we can be thankful in all things. Like those that are sick. Or when you're tired or you're hurt. Or when things are not going your way. Or you're hungry or whatever. And you're still thankful. The only way that that could be. As if that we're trusting God in every way. If we're not trusting him, we're not going to be thankful. And so I just want to encourage you today that as we go forward, he asks us to be thankful in all things. What he's really saying is trust me and it's going to be okay. Pray with me again real quick. (laughs) Father, we love you. We need you. Just to be thankful takes an incredible amount of faith it takes us running at you with all we got i pray that your word right now has seeked into that it's planning a foundation in these young people so as they go forward and as they grow older they will impact the entire world with amazing faith that everything's going to be all right and they can be thankful in all situations because you got it and i pray all this in jesus name amen today I brought a little two-year-old with me, and, and with a purpose that a lot of my adult life I have spent training horses. Matter of fact, all of it, off and on, from the time that I was 18 until the present, I still train some horses. And so I brought a green one today, and I want to show you, I want to show you one of my most effective training techniques so that we can kind of get a, a uh, example and, and we know how God works the same way with us. You know, and God doesn't make, do anything by mistake. And he even showed us, he showed us in our, the way he teaches us stuff, how we can teach others. So I brought my best training tool here today. She don't like it. Okay. So now I'm going to coax her around here with my training tool. Is anybody buying this? <laughs> now we'll go this way. Come here. Come on, baby. Yeah. There we go. No, this couldn't be further from the truth, you know. But a lot of our theology today is a lot of like this. You know, we have a lot of teaching out there that teaches us that God's just standing back Real, meek, and mild, and placid. Said, please come to me. Pleading with us. Please come to me. And does he want us to come to him that strongly? Yes. Is he, is he meek and mild? I don't believe so. You know, a lot, of things, a lot of things that we learn as humans are the same way that we teach a horse. And how I start teaching these horses is... To the degree that they can handle it as I start putting some pressure on them. They don't know what I want. And so I start applying some pressure. When I first get on one and I'm riding it around, the pressure is just here to fall so that its head will bend and then its feet will follow its head. That's a lot of pressure for a horse that doesn't know how to do that. And it's scary. It's scary for both them and me sometimes. Um, and then as they start to understand that, then the next thing I'll do is I'll start getting a hold of them and I'll put a little pressure and I'll want them to, I want them to break right here at this pole. I want them to give off this bridle right there. And I do that by putting some pressure on as soon as they, as soon as they find what I'm seeking them, there's a relief. So the apple 
is actually a release from the pressure. And then the next step after that is, is I'll, I'll, once I get them off the bridle, then I'll start asking them to back up. And then once they start to back up, I'll start to apply that to a stop. And then I just go on and put more and more complicated tasks to those very basic starts. In our Christian life, it's very much like that. We start just looking to Him. And then we start, as we look, we start getting our feet behind it and we start following our head. We look to Him and we start following with our feet around there. As we go along, there's often a lot of pressure. I was thinking about this type of thing and the promises that are, that are in God's Word and how far from that we are. And I, I think, I'm just going to tell you right now, I love Jerry Voorhees with a whole heart. He's my brother. We've been family since 1990. And Jerry is a good, good man. But he has a hole in him, like we all do. His hole is he worries. Why would he worry? The God that spoke galaxies into existence certainly has control over an inch and a half prostrate and could manage that thing, and yet Jerry would worry. That's, I think he worries a lot less about that than he has some things in the past and I'm just using him as an example. As I go through life, as I go through this mission that God's given me before you all, every day I get a call from somebody, good Christian people, and they are not joyful. They are not thankful, and they are not having a good time in any aspect of the word. Matter of fact, I got a text from a dear friend yesterday, and the text simply read, how do you get through the day without hating yourself by the end of the day? Great Christian person. And I'm going to tell you, as, as I read that, I've been there. I've felt that. I've thought that. Have you been there? Have you been that person? I believe everybody in here has had that moment or lots of them in their life where you're like, ah, life would be pretty simple if I didn't have to deal with this person right here. And so, I want to go forward, tearing apart some scriptures, and give us hope in this area. I want to go to Philippians, the fourth chapter today. And it's really interesting, in the fourth chapter of Philippians, there is a lot of verses that everybody in here has heard, lots of times. But as I was studying it, I was amazed at how seldom we ever tied all of them together. And how we kind of like that verse from Thessalonians before we use it kind of cheaply. It's like, oh, we should be thankful in all things. Well, who does that? Nobody. Why don't we do it? It's because we're expecting that apple on a stick that we can just follow along. When there's a lot of pressure, we're, we're looking at this situation from a perspective, from one of two perspectives. We're looking at this situation from the perspective of the situation, or we're looking at the situation from the perspective of how this impacts me. 
We are not looking at this perspective from what my God's going to do about it and what he has in mind with this, where he's going to take me after he gets my head bent. Now he's got my feet following. What's he going to do with me next? And how amazing is it going to be? Is it going to be? And if you don't believe this type of thing and where I'm going with, just ask some of these guys that in the last few months have been called into a position of eldership or lay pastor. They went from one place spiritually and then all of a sudden they were called into another of more authority and it was very intimidating, but it got their focus more on Christ and more on his work than themselves and it was a crazy fulfilling and it was a lot easier to find joy and peace and fulfillment than it ever was before ask any one of them but uh, i want to go right now first i want to go through these verses these standout verses that really jump out and we've all heard and then i want to tie them together so go bear with me here and come to philippians 4 4 it's very much like the verse we read a minute ago Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. That says really easy. And none of us pull it off. And furthermore, we all see very good Christian people every day that aren't in this spot. Always, always, how about once in a while? We could do that. Once in a while, I'll be full of joy in the Lord. Say it again. Rejoice. He says always. So it must be achievable. But it's not achievable from the perspective of looking at the situation or looking at ourselves. Here's the next verse that, that we hear all the time. And it's 4, 6. This one's for, for Jerry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Again, it says really easy. It's pretty darn hard to do. Maybe impossible. And certainly impossible if we're even slightly looking at the situation or at ourselves. I want to read it again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. You're like, oh, boy. Verse 7. That's another one of these. Then you will experience God's peace, which which exceeds, which is greater than anything we can understand. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His his peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ. Again, here is this peace that's achievable, but we haven't achieved it. Here is this thing that in the word of God says is possible. But when we look around, we don't see it. Why is that? It's because the last part of this verse. He will, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. 
We get so hung up in telling the peace part of that verse that we don't tell the punchline, the part that makes it possible as we live in Christ Jesus. Get what it don't say. It doesn't say as we live for Christ Jesus, as we see Christ Jesus, as, as he lives in us, it doesn't even say. Which all of those things have to happen. But it says as we live in Christ Jesus. And I got to thinking about how that works. As we live in Christ Jesus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here in this set of verses. But in horse training, I started applying some pressure. And I start getting really simple tasks to start with. And then, and then pretty soon they get more complicated. And she's just a two-year-old and she don't understand all of it. But what starts to happen as time goes on is it gets harder and harder. The more time her and I spend together, it gets more difficult to see where she stops and I start or where I stop and she starts. We go from two and we slowly become one. As we follow Christ and we get our focus off of our situation and our self and we go forward, then slowly it gets harder and harder to tell where we stop and Christ starts. And as that starts to happen, it gets easier and easier to achieve peace in all situations, to achieve joy irregardless of what's going on. To not worry when things seem impossible. When you can't do anything about any of it. In our community right now, in, in Woodward, I bet there's more unemployed right now than there's ever been before, at least recently. Great place for worry. We had a man out of this congregation go to the hospital this morning heart problems great place to worry you look at that situation we can't fix either one of those things no matter how much no matter how deep our connections with people are no matter how many people we know no matter how smart we are no matter how tough we are no matter how much endurance we have we can't change either one of those situations. Nobody in here can. Awesome place for worry. Awesome place to lose your joy. Awesome place to be frustrated or angry or scared or worry. However, my God says in all of this, in all of this, we can have peace. In him, once we start following him and it gets tougher and tougher to tell where he stops and we start, all of that stuff starts making more sense because he's got it. And you can say things. I called Jerry the other day and I'm like, hey, I told him just what I told you before. If my God could speak the entire galaxy into existence, I am pretty sure he's got an inch and a half prostrate under control we just got to trust him to do it and we did the same when he had bladder problem before we prayed over that thing they went in there and it was they were going to remove a chunk they went in there and they're like oh we just cut a little old snippet out burnt it i think is what they actually did it was so tiny time they got in here 
what I'm saying is, is we're not in control. And if we focus on the one that is pretty soon that we get, we get a, we have a hard time telling where he stops and we start and all of it's going to be okay. I want you to keep reading with me. There's another verse that we know really well here. Then the very next verse is eight. And it says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. So what's true? It's true that we don't have it, and he does. uh, And honorable. What is honorable? Well, we're not. Not one of us. But we know he is. And the further we go, the more of his the more he proves himself to be honorable and right. Only he is right and pure. Of course he's pure and lovely. The truth of the way he works that out is more than lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If we fix our mind on him and what he's doing, all that other stuff is going to be okay and we can accomplish peace and joy and we don't have to worry if we skip down here just a little ways further as paul was teaching these things he comes to this place in verse 12 he says this well if we back up let's back up to 11 He says, not that I, have, that I was ever in need, for I have... That he was telling him, thank you for helping him. And he said, not that I was really in a big need here, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. Can you believe that? For I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've studied this verse a long time off and on and I've thought of people that I see oftentimes those with almost nothing are more content than those that have almost everything. Both can be a blessing or a curse. But either way, if we focus on our Lord, it's okay. For I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret Here it is. I have learned the secret in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I can do, here's this verse again, this famous verse that we use all the time, but we haven't tied it to the verses that have led up to this. Verse 13. For I can do everything, some versions say all things, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Can we do all things? We can't. Have we been doing all things? We haven't. Have we worried? Of course we have. Have we had joy and peace in all situations? We haven't. How do we get there? We get our focus off the situation, off of ourself. We focus on him with great confidence that he's going to make it all right. If you haven't ever got there before in your life, 
If you've never really just, you know, in the cutting deal, you, you pull on them and you pull on them and you show them a cow and you pull them around and then there comes that day when you put your hand down and you expect them to do the job you've trained them to do with your hand down. Today, God's tugged on you. He's pulled on you. He's shared with you his truth. These verses you have heard your entire life. Today, I'm asking you to put your hand down. Focus on him, not on the situation or yourself or where you're at in it. And see if he won't be worthy to relieve you of all the worry, of all the doubt, of all the frustration, of all the pain. Pray with me. Father, not one of us, not one of us has gotten this right every time. But we can see the truth in it. And today, because of the way that you've shown us your word, you have encouraged us, you have inspired us. You have convicted us. And Father, I just pray that each and every person that's within earshot right now would have the courage just to look to you and let their feet follow, knowing that we can have joy and peace and thankfulness in every situation if we just continue to focus on you. And I also, Father, I thank you for the, for the, for the check, the safe check you've put in there that if we are worrying or if we are not joyful or if we're not at peace, it's a sign that we're still looking at the situation and we've got to focus on you harder. I praise you for this truth. I thank you for this body. And I thank you, for the tr- more importantly, for the truth of your word that will empower us to have a to have a more productive, a more pleasant, a more enjoyable and a duplicable life. And I praise you for all this. And I pray if anybody right now is praying with us that this is the first time that they've thrown their hand down and just going to let you have it. Right now, this very second. I pray that they're just seeking you with everything they have. You go ahead and control this life, Father, because I worry when I'm in control. I thank you for all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.